Hello everyone, boys and girls. It's time to poison the airwaves again with the Sports Bastards podcast. I am James Richard Brown, the associate editor for SportsBastards.com. And over on the red line, who we got? You have got Mr. Ron Hogan, the owner and chief executive officer of SportsBastards.com. We have a commitment to excellence here, Rich. Oh yes, uh, we have a commitment to excellence, but it seems Al Davis these days doesn't. That's right, folks. Lane Watch is over, and we're having to ship the shirts off to UNICEF because uh, Al decided to pull the trigger. No, no, not on his bowel movements. I mean, that little pesky thing he's been meaning to do for the last week. Monty Kiffin's baby boy is now out of a job. I wish, uh, we, we wish we could say that we're sorry for him on that front, but... Brother, that's the best thing that ever happened to you. Yeah, no kidding. That is quite possibly the most dysfunctional organization in professional sports history. And this is coming from a guy who's watched what Mike Brown has done to the Cincinnati Bengals up close and in person. Yeah, that's 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 one of the, that's another bad team. But hey, at least they're not the Raiders. They're close, but they're not the Raiders. But yes, just watching watching the press conference and watching Al out there in full vampire, crypt keeper, what whatever form he's taking today. So folks, it's time for the fortieth annual Al Davis movie plot. Everyone's been trying to make a movie about Al. And now Ron has found the perfect cast. Yes, I think the time is right to make the Al Davis movie as entertaining as that press conference was today. It would be so much better to see it unfold on the big screen. Brought to you by Oliver Stone, the only filmmaker crazy enough to capture Al Davis in his true glory. And, you know, in a movie like this, if you're going to make it about a personality as strong and as crazy as Al, you need an actor who is renowned for his craziness. I think that there's only one direction you can go for this one, and it's a guy who knows all about the use of cowbell. Uh, Al Davis, there's no way you could not do this movie and not have Al Davis be played by Christopher Walken. Well, of in, course not. In an 80s tracksuit. And remember, folks, uh, it will be perfectly acceptable during the Al Davis movie if he walks without rhythm. Because he won't attract the one. (laughs) And, of course, you know, because this movie boils down to basically about how one man will not get off of Al Davis' lawn. That man, folks, is Mr. Lane Kiffin. And I can think of only one person douchebaggy enough to play Lane Kiffin, and that would be Van Wilder himself, Mr. Ryan Reynolds. Just, you know... Give him the USC frosted hair, and I think that, you know, that could totally work. I could really see those two acting against each other. And then let's let's not forget, in the background, we're going to have Art Shell in the background. That will be taken over by Mr. Anthony Anderson. I mean, if you're going to have a fat black man making an ass of himself, Anthony is your man. Yes. And if you can't get him, you could get, um... Keenan Thompson from Saturday Night Live. I was kind of thinking Patrice O'Neill, but either one works. 
Oh, Patrice O'Neill would be a good one. Oh, yes. I mean, he's got the Raider look. And by look, I mean one too many bear claws from Al's personal stash. <laughs> and, you know, you have to have uh, the guy who's been plotting against Lane this entire time. The, uh, the defensive... The defensive coordinator, the very proud son of Mr. Buddy Ryan himself, Rob Ryan. Yes. And, and of course, the only person I can think of to play Rob Ryan is the world-renowned screenwriter, writer of such great films as Basic Instinct and uh, Showgirls, Mr. Joe Esterhaz. I mean, he's a heavy dude. He's got the thick head of gray hair, and he's completely the sleaziest man on the planet. So, and if you need someone to play Rex, fuck it, make him shoot twice, but only hey. pay for one actor. Hey, and that's just that's that's what the Raiders are all about these days. You know, you got to save money instead of paying uh, Lane Kiffin, you know, six million dollars to go away. Let's just drive him crazy because that's so much the nicer solution to that problem. Or if he survives the the test, he truly is loyal to Raider Nation. And you know what all of this came from, Ron? Where's that, Rich? All of this came because of our friend and our site messiah, Mr. Houston Nutt, leaving Arkansas. So Al heard on the grapevine that Lane might possibly could want to take over, you know, Hog Nation. And Al's not for that. You know that. Any young whippersnappers who are not going to do it his way the Raider way right and I haven't quite figured out what the Raider way is yet uh, it's probably the wrong way oh so uh, in other words uh, say your prayers take your vitamins and uh, worship out Lyle Alzado and his uh, dirt nap uh, that's a little harsh towards old Lyle Alzado he doesn't deserve that. No, no, I know, Al. He doesn't deserve to be associated with Al Davis. Who does? I'm surprised they got somebody to take that job. Uh, I mean, I, I am too. I'm just wondering. I'm wondering about who they put into his spot. Is it Tom Cable? Is that his name? Uh, yes, it is. All right, I got that one without looking at ESPN. Yes, Tom Cable used to be the offensive line coach. And do you see the spectacular fucking job he's done? It's It's been pretty impressive. I, I'm very surprised that Jamarcus Russell is still alive. <laughs> You're not kidding. It's, 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 it's amazing how Jamarcus is still upright. But then, hell, I think they do the same strategy they do with Lendale in, in Tennessee. Ham in the center's back pocket. <laughs> Just pull a nice uh, quarterback draw there. Oh, of course. And Jamarcus will be all right. All right, Ron, let's get to the rest of the NFL news. We'll cover the circus in a bit. That's right. Let's talk about the undefeateds in the AFC. Are you still believing this? Tennessee Titans and the Buffalo Bills, two 
blue collar teams and they're undefeated 4 and 0 uh, especially in the case of Tennessee because there's been such you know such goings on about uh, everyone's favorite quarterback Vince Young First now. It's okay, my mama said you guys can't talk mean about me no more. I'm the quarterback. <laughs> you guys got to treat me with some respect, or I'm going to go off to the gay bar. <laughs> oh, grow up, you man. This is Merrill Hodge from ESPN. Oh. Yes, folks, the original pudding head is calling out. Vince Young telling him to be a man. Anyone's notice any irony in that one? That uh, Merrill Hodge is questioning someone's manhood? Yeah. I mean, I, th- I will give Merrill Hodge this. Alright, brother, you beat cancer. We're going to give you props for that. That is pretty manly. That is manly. Your NFL career, on the other hand, was far from it. So, you don't have much room there. I see. I'm not. I'm not surprised at Tennessee. I mean, thus far, with the the way that team is built, with the way they run the ball, you could put you know anybody under center, as long as they you know don't throw interceptions and avoid crying on the sidelines during the game, then you know they should be okay. I mean, just look at who you've got in there now. You've got Mr. Carey, don't call me Tom Collins. <laughs> yes, because as we all know, anytime that Carey is in the football game, it's happy hour. <laughs> yes. The man who got run out of New York for partying too much. And that's an accomplishment. Considering how long uh, Broadway Joe Namath lasted, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Oh, yes, and the Buffalo Bills, which... You know, Dallas is America's team. Buffalo is more like Canada's team. But Dick Duran is actually doing something. And it's weird because they're kind of using the same uh, the same formula that Tennessee has. You know, run the ball with Marshawn Lynch. Uh, make sure the quarterback gets out of the way for the most part. Except uh, he's a little bit more, uh, Trent Edwards is a little bit more capable than, say, Vince Young is at matriculating the ball down the field through the air. Which is, makes you wonder that, you know, how far will this carry these two blue-collar teams? I'm not going to say we're going to have 16-0 and seasons out of both of them. I'm going to say it's pretty fair to say, what do you say, 14-2 and at least out of one of them, and maybe 13-3 and out of the other? Well, it depends on, uh, you know, how well they avoid injuries. I mean, Tennessee has the dueling running back system, so they're going to do okay regardless. You know, uh, of the two, they're the more resistant to injuries. But Buffalo does have a better passing game. Oh, yes. And the lone undefeated in the NFC, Ron. Mr. Aarons' favorite team. The New York Giants. Yep. You, you know, for all the uh, flack Tom Coughlin, Tom Coughlin took all last year until his team won the Super Bowl, you really have to be impressed with how he's handled things, you know, thus far. Considering that they've got the lesser of two Mannings, 
their defensive leader retired to be lisping on TV and dancing with stars, uh, in which I have no doubt he will be on Dancing with the Stars before this is all said and done. Oh, of course. Uh, it's He's a lock. He's a sure lock. Every time he gets on TV and talks, it's... it's <laughs> eh, it's kind of like the Sarah Silverman show. It's a train wreck. You don't want to watch. It ain't that attractive to look at, but you can't resist. Well, it could be worse. Could be Emmett Smith. Uh, we'll get to him in a minute. But but just 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 in the context, the New York Giants are three and zero. And when we get the big big ass podcast released, you'll kind of see what we think of the NSC East. That's the division. If you don't win that division, if you're Dallas or the New York Giants or Washington. Which Philly might—they're still in it too. If you don't win that division, if you don't make it out unscathed, then I mean, come on. It's—it's it's gone from cream puff to what happened. That is—that is the best division in football, top to bottom. Yeah, and then it's your your contenders are the NFC East, the. AFC South, and to a point, probably the AFC East. That's your three teams, three divisions with your teams. I mean, the AFC Central's kind of eh. Was it Pittsburgh at best? Yeah, that's about. Well, yeah, that's that's about your that's your most notable team. I mean, there's you know. There's always the Baltimores of the world. Well, he has Baltimore, which didn't do bad in that game Monday night, but hey. Yeah, we'll cover the uh, the Monday night bloodbath later as well. Yes, that was the game we were expecting Sunday with the Titans. Instead, the Titans had a shootout, and Pittsburgh and Baltimore had a straight out of 1970s. You might as well have invited Mean Joe Green back to the stadium and put on a uniform game. Yes, folks, it was that bad. So that's a whole lot of flowers we're going to have to send to a whole lot of hotel rooms and hospital beds. All right. S- number three topic we've got are... Speaking of speaking of people who belong in a hospital bed, I think it's about time we get to the king of the cowboys, Mr. Dallas himself, Terrell Owens. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I, I've already covered this at the website. You know, I think my distaste for T.O. has been clear from a historical standpoint, but getting the ball 30% of the time does and not lead to a win for any team. Not giving the ball to Marion Barber is a huge mistake. Not giving the ball to Felix Jones, even though he's the rookie. He's proven himself in the last three games. Come on, Mio. I, I know you want to be like Keyshawn and pass me the damn ball. But the theme in Dallas right now, from what Wade Phillips said at the press conference, is uh, 
Shut the fuck up and catch the damn ball first. When, when you've got Emmett Smith calling you out on national TV saying that you're not a true cowboy from Mr. Dallas Cowboy himself, that's pretty bad. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard Emmett say two bad things about somebody just directly like that. And on, because, to, and on top of know, that... Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That's and then and on top of that too, everyone's saying why is Emmett calling him out? Why is Emmett calling him out? Yes, he had the one season in Arizona, but that was because Jerry Jones flat out released him, and Emmett had one more year left. So why the fuck not? It was two years, wasn't it? Well, it was about one or two years. He he didn't have much left. So Emmett is much, Emmett was much like Brett Favre. You try to just play it out and get it out of your system. You don't want to be like Rocky Balboa at the last movie and have that <laughs> have that demon inside your gut that's just burning. I mean, I respect Emmett for that too. Even though he went to Arizona, he just got it out of his system. Yeah, I mean, it's not like uh, you can. I mean, look at Michael Irvin. You know, Michael Irvin. Um, without a doubt was probably the best wide receiver the Cowboys have ever had. And that includes T.O. Because Michael Irvin has rings, plural. Yes, he has rings, plural. And Michael Irvin has as many accolades and rings combined and records as he does criminal charges. Like, like you said in the site, Michael Irvin was more upset that he didn't get his fair share of the cocaine than he was fair share of passes. And, and yeah. I, I, I never remember uh, Michael Irvin pouting on the sidelines after he drops yet another easy pass. And Irvin Irvin was a part of that, that crazy nineties team, you know, the you had Novacek, you had Aikman, you had Irvin, uh you had Alvin Harper and Daryl Johnston. Was was your Daryl Johnson was your token white guy on that team? He was big, he was burly, he was a bad motherfucker. The moose, yes, the moose, and Dallas kind of has that combination yet again. I mean, I mean, you got Romo, who's kind of white bread. You got you got yeah, you got well, well, he's kind of a well, he is kind of a burrito in a way, but still. He's from Wisconsin. He can't be that Hispanic. Well, true. All right, you got someone that's kind of have a cracker with a little bean dip on him, on the <laughs> behind center. That that offensive line's a no-name offensive line. Only time you heard about Andre Garod was two years ago, and it involved Albert Hainsworth and anger management classes. Yes, Albert Hainsworth decided to uh, put on a little impromptu river dance on little Andre's skull. <laughs> yeah, and the NFL thought that was bad. At least until Adam Jones was like, hey guys, watch this shit. <laughs> yeah, Chris Henry. Yeah, uh, yeah. The original Pac-Man. Well, of course. So you Mixed you, with a little R. Kelly. Well, exactly, and you get that that going. Dallas has a no-name offensive line. You got Patrick Creighton and Mio on the other side, and then you've got the second coming of Jay Novacek. Although he's just more talented and a whole lot bigger, 
and uh, Jason Wetton, the pride of Elizabethan, Tennessee. And he'll tell you that, too. Man, he is a beast. He, in my opinion, if you want someone who should have gotten 30% of the passes, Wetton, that's who should have gotten your passes. Wetton, oh, she doesn't drop easy balls. Wetton is guaranteed to catch the ball. He won't get you those breakout yards. However, he, he, he is pretty consistent on the first down rating, isn't he? Yes, and he, and, he, and, he, and he does punish defenders for trying to tackle him. Speaking of one of those uh, punishments that Jamie felt was well-deserved, I think Karma just bit Denver in the ass this past week. Herm Edwards and his Kansas City Chiefs finally got a win. I, I'm still stunned, actually. I mean, I know Denver couldn't tackle their way out of a, a phone booth, but the fact that they couldn't outscore Kansas City is just... I'm stunned. I mean, and, I don't understand how this could possibly happen. And the funniest part was Larry Johnson's sister was on a plane to Denver and the stewardess asked what she was laughing about. Stuart and Larry Johnson's sister was just sitting there. She didn't tell her who she was. And she goes, well, we're going to Denver, and Larry Johnson pretty much has a field day with the Denver defense. Stewardess asks how she knows, and, that's, and she tells him that's because I'm his little sister. <laughs> and, of course, what happens later that day? Larry Johnson has a field day. Oh, my God. It, it, it was like the offensive line decided to stop sucking and La Larry had a career day. Larry Johnson was Larry Johnson yet again. Is this going to save Herm Edwards' job? Unfucking likely <laughs> No, he's still uh, he's not quite at uh, lane watch yet. That honor is going to go to, I would put that honor on Marvin Lewis. He's really got to be the next guy to go. Um, you know, he's had too many chances with that team, even with Mike Brown's constant Al Davis level of interference. Well, exactly. And <coughs> at least at least Herm's got a team full of people who don't usually get arrested. Well, exactly. And on top of that, we've got Scott Linehan was the first to get the axe before Lane, which kind of prompted, probably prompted Al Davis to decide to do the same, actually. Al Davis hates it when someone steals his thunder. Well, exactly. A, he's always hated it. So Al's, Al followed suit. But Scott Linehan, I, this one was one of those, it was the white elephant in the room, actually. He, uh, much like Lane Kiffin, I think he was just ready to be out of his misery. That explains the uh, starting of uh, old puddinghead Trent Green at quarterback. And I mean, yes, yes, Mark Bulger was terrible, but, you know, that's just because Mark Bulger spent all this time running for his life behind that horrible offensive line. I mean, he could have gotten Trent Green murdered. And it probably would have done him a favor. Let, let's be honest. Despite what everyone thinks, Scott Linehan will have a job in the NFL next year. Lane Kiffin will either have a job in the NFL as an offensive coordinator or in college. 
I mean, let, let's face it. Al's constant interference, people are going to notice that. I mean, come on, isn't that been the laughing stock of the NFL all this time? Al getting senile? And then on top of it, Scott Linehan. He'll have a job somewhere else next year because the Rams. Everyone knows that the inmates are taking over that asylum. And they're trying to sell the team. I don't, I'm not sure who would be willing to buy it. Uh, it. It's like the same situation the Cubs had, you know, with the Tribune. You know, are we going to sell it? Are we not going to sell it? I mean, look at who, if Bruce Haslett can get back in the NFL, or uh, Jim Haslett, excuse me, can get back in the NFL, then anybody can get back in the NFL. I mean, we're one quarterback injury away from the return of Aaron Brooks. Oh, yes. Yes, because Bulger's not going to hold up. Or Orlando Pace alone cannot defend. Cannot defend. Mark Bulger or Trent Green or whoever's behind him. And you know Steven Jackson's going to sandbag. Well, no, I think Steven Jackson actually likes uh, Mark Bulger. So he might actually get in the way of a defender. Maybe. Yeah, but, you know, two guys can't stop eight people. I know. All right, let's move on to an actual football league that where athletes are getting paid. That's right, kids. It's the NCAA BCS Championship Series. Or let's call it what it really is. It's still the bullshit championship, but it's it's good for something, isn't it? It's uh, good for a lot of controversy, and it does create some occasionally entertaining football. So, Ron, Skip Bayless is alma mater and our favorite school to hate. Vanderbilt is number 19. Uh, I'm not quite sure how that happened, but yeah, there they are. I guess that's what happens when the entire top shelf of the SEC loses in one weekend. That, that's know. very, very surprising. I, I mean, and hats off to Bobby Johnson, actually. The poor man's had to deal. He only deals with Vanderbilt's uh, government. Come on. <laughs> They have no athletic director. He reports directly to the Office of Student Affairs, which is probably some douchebag that's 23 years old and just graduated. Yeah, yeah. Just, just the fact that any, uh, you know, institution founded for good students can actually field a successful football team, even for just a short while, is pretty impressive. Because, you know, we all know that Vanderbilt, uh, you know, is like the Northwesterns of the world and the, you know, to some extent the Notre Dames of the world, which they're handicapped by the fact that their students have to actually go to class once a week or, you know, once every couple of months and be able to read on a fifth grade level. Exactly. And all right. And Vanderbilt fans, will you get off of us now? Come on. Wait, wait. Yeah. We like the fact that your team is somewhat good. Just as long as you guys decide to screen punters next time, we're okay. Yeah, uh, that's the that's the last thing that any of us wants is, mo yeah, is more flack about the Vanderbilt's punter. 
who who's trying to get a job still I don't know I haven't run into the guy I'm sure that the uh, the garbage trucks are always hiring they need somebody to scrape well of course speaking of the garbage truck division Oklahoma's number one the uh, perennially I won't say the perennially overrated Oklahoma Sooners but they get a lot of respect that they might not necessarily deserve considering they've played, you know, the school for the blind and <laughs> oh. university. That's right, Oklahomos. Keep on keeping on. Just wait till they have to play a real team. That's all I'm saying. Ah, so in other words, you're waiting for the Texas game. Yeah. I mean, TCU was almost a real team. They're at least in the state of Texas. But, you know, let's see how you do against actual Texas let's and Texas Tech. And, and Texas A&M. And while we're at it, let's wait for that Missouri te- Missouri game. They're not playing Missouri. They're playing Kansas. Well, then that might be one. Kansas has actually done some damage. Yeah, they're still a top 25 team. And they've also got their uh, usual opponent in OK State. Ah, yes. Well, Ron, here's you another one that you kind of expected. Alabama is number two. Yes, and LSU has also moved up, have they not? Yes, they're number three. So you've got Big 12, SEC West, SEC West, basically. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, as usual... I'm going to be one of those people, and I'm going to go ahead and admit that the SEC is the toughest conference in football. Yes, it is. and As it usually is. That, that they're just the toughest conference in football, period. I, I don't see many. In fact, if they want competition in the NFL, just take out the NFC West, put in the SEC, and have fun. Oh, that's not fair. Those NFL teams are used to having, you know, three or four easy victories every year. Let's not make it too tough for, uh, you know, T.O. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't imagine T.O. against Tennessee's defense. He has a hard enough time against the Titans' defense, so let's not put him up against a real defense. That's, uh, that's a little... T.O.'s used to not being hit. Hard. Oh, yeah. and Ron... The Mormons so, are coming. <laughs> the Mormons are coming. Oh, boy. Yes. I, I, I can't believe that Brigham Young has crawled to number eight in the top ten. I mean, they've played as, you know, the only team, well, actually, they haven't played a team of note yet. They haven't played a real football team yet. But then neither is... Uh, USC and they're number nine. So what 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 can you say about that? Well, that's true. I mean, and Brigham Young is still undefeated. Very you know, much so. so. As tough as I'm sure Northern Iowa and UCLA actually are, you know, <laughs> and, as, and as difficult as it would be for you know the high school JV team to beat the Wyoming Cowboys. <laughs> oh yes. I just. 
I, I'm looking at their schedule now, and I don't see uh, a real football team until they play, I don't know, maybe Air Force? Maybe. Maybe Utah? Yeah, possibly. I mean, if, if any team is going to be the outside of the BCS bracket buster, it's probably going to be the, the Storm and Mormons of Brigham Young. So... Whatever they call themselves. So you think Northwestern's going to sneak in also, since we're speaking of undefeated teams we didn't expect? Well, um... There's not really much in there. Uh, it's... As everyone says, this is a down year for the old uh, Little Ten. Yep. It's just them and Joe Pa's team. As Michigan... Well, they had a good game last weekend. It's <laughs> the Ohio State University. <laughs> no. No, no, not happening. Sorry, Amy. When yeah. when your graduate school that you're going to, Ohio University, almost had them, Trestle is not having a good year. The uh, sweater vest needs to bust sleeves and just go for the full-out V-neck. Yeah, he's got to change it up a little bit, because what he's doing now is not working so well. And you know, the only team that Northwestern is going to play this year that's left on their schedule that's any good is Ohio State. I mean, they will play Michigan, they will play Illinois, and they will play you know Purdue. But those are none of those are you know those are all winnable games. Very much so, because. Uh Half of those turtles over in Michigan are still trying to figure out the spread offense. I mean, I know it's hard converting from the wing tee to an actual offense, but come on, boys, you got to get to got to get together. Come on. No, no, the wing tee is too difficult. This is just a power eye. I gotcha. All right. Speaking of our teams that can't get it together, time for Major League Baseball. For the second year in a row, Len's team blows it yet again. I I I have heard this point today, and you know, uh, someone else has already mentioned this, but I'm not sure what's worse—just flat out missing the playoffs completely, or almost getting to the playoffs and then choking it away in the final game. I think choking it away is much much worse. At least the Yankees. Knew they weren't getting in, so they played with nothing to lose. This is this is two years in a row that the Mets' season has been ended by the Florida Marlins of all teams. Oh yeah, and they say that Jerry Manuel is most likely going to be keeping his job, and in my opinion, he should. It, it, it's it's not his fault. It's doing the best you can with the crap you're given. And my God, was he given a whole lot of crap? That that is a that is a dysfunctional team. How they've avoided to how they've avoided getting into a fist fight in the middle of the diamond, I'll never know. Uh, I honestly think if you want some predictions, sure to go wrong. Pedro's gone. Pedro's well, gone. Hasn't Pedro been gone before now? Yeah, but but you know. As in, they'll physically remove him from the team. Gone. Uh, well, it's it's definitely about time. I mean, you don't pay a guy $11 million, you know, who's 
in his late 30s and could only make 20 starts this year. Oh, yes. It, it's Nolan Ryan was in his fucking 50s and still starting and still scaring people. Hell, wasn't he in his late 40s when he knocked the fuck out of Robin Ventura? Yes, he was, but I think if Pedro tried that, he would break his arm. Well, yeah, and have to go back in for Tommy John surgery. I mean, you know, $11 million and 5.6 ERA in the National League is not cutting it. If he played in the American League, just imagine, he would have an ERA in, like, the low 15s. Well, yeah, and Johan Santana, he won't be back. He left the Twins for more money, and where is he at now? Playing golf? Right, right. So, Ron, speaking of a team we could appreciate, the fattest team in Major League Baseball is in. That's right, I'm talking about the Milwaukee Brewers. That is one unhealthy bunch. And, and the best part is the fattest guy on the team is a vegetarian now. I know. It's like, what vegetables are you eating to be that fucking fat? I don't think deep-fried carrots count as a vegetable. <laughs> <Prince>. <laughs> yes, what... I, I, and switching to beer does not help your vegetarian diet either. I mean, C.C. Sabathia could be a linebacker on most professional football teams. Prince Fielder could be a defensive tackle. Maybe a defensive end. He's a big dude. Half of those Brewers could be football players. But they're in. They're in. That is going to be the eatinest team in the, the entire Major League Baseball. Their buffet price the, the the amount of money that team spends on the buffet must be why they try to keep their uh, payroll so low because it's either they pay the guys or they feed the guys but they can't afford to do both and, and i'm sure the guys appreciate it when they actually feed them so i think they take cuts on that front even cc's like okay i know you guys aren't going to pay me enough but how much is the free food bar <laughs> well all right then I think we can do business for at least this year. Do you think, like everyone else says, do you think CC's gone after this year, or do you think he'll hang around the uh, Milwaukee Brewers Buffet Bar and Tire Center? Uh, see, I don't know. I think it depends on how much money the uh, the Yankees throw at him. And, and we all know that they're going to throw more money around. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Oh, they are. There because Hank's desperate. Right, you know he's got to win one. He's got to win another one for George before George uh, joins uh, Al Davis in the uh, retirement home for used to be good owners. Well, exactly. Well, the Twins are in. The White Sox are in. The Angels are in. Hell, Boston is still in it. And I'm sure somewhere in Massachusetts, Jade is cursing at this very moment. They are, uh, 
the uh, Twins and the White Sox are playing their game right now, I believe. Oh, yes. Which, which, no Yankees, no Mets. So. They're, but my, my question is, do you think the winner of the playoff game will actually have a chance against the uh, Tampa Bay No Devil Rays? No, no, no. <laughs> uh-uh. The, the Tampa Bay... Tampa Bay is a dangerous team. They don't care. They're too young to know better. Exactly, and that's why they might do what Colorado did in 2007. I heard that uh, Tampa Bay is on the 10-year plan, much like the uh, Florida Marlins were. Yes, except I think they might actually keep most of their players. Hmm. That sets a dangerous precedent. I, I know. But remember, the owners are Jewish, so they know how to manage the money. Unlike unlike H. Wayne Heisinger, who can't manage money for shit. I mean, come on, all you have to do is look at the fire sale the Marlins had after their World Series and look at the current state of the Dolphins now. I just, you know, well, it's that time, you, you know, we're getting to the time of year where it's time for Lynn to make his annual uh, switch from, you know, his actual team to a team he thinks is going to win. So it, I, I just wonder who he's going to pick. I mean, you've got, we know his feelings about the New York, New Jersey area. So will he gravitate to former New York Yankees coach? Uh, and current L.A. Dodger Joe Torre? I, I think he will. That That's going to be one of two teams. He's either going to latch on to the Dodgers or he's going to latch on to Tampa Bay. But I have a court injunction here that says from the city of Tampa Bay, Dear Mr. Ahrens, we so rightfully request that you do not and I repeat, do not follow our team. Any attempt for you to follow our team will result in a lawsuit and five minutes alone with Wade Boggs. I, I, I'm not... That's the paper that they sent me. They sent it to me, you know, at UPS. The, uh, I, I don't blame them. They really want to avoid the curse of land. I mean, we all saw what happened to the Patriots. And the Rockies, which Jamie has not forgiven him for that since. It's weird. She's a fan of the Rockies, but she's not a fan of the Denver Broncos. I don't understand it. I don't either. Women. She's still a fan of uh, the, the former Quebec Nordiques. Well, of course. And let's face it. Why not? It, she, she's there for the long haul, or at least when Peter Forsberg decides to come back at least once a year. <laughs> All right, let's get on to the general shit, Ron. The chase for the cup, which is between two people. Carl Edwards and Jimmy Johnson. And Jamie is moist right now just because we mentioned those two names. She's a Carl Edwards girl. Oh, yeah, and I think she leans towards Jimmy every once in a while, so this is her... What what do you call this, her conundrum? Uh, recipe for threesome. 
That's right. Whoever wins, she wins too. And, and, and what do you think about Kyle Busch at the moment? You know, he ran roughshod through the field for the regular season of the NASCAR Chase for the Cup, and now he's just... <laughs> yeah, he's uh, come up short when it counts. That's, that's you know, that's why they instituted the chase, because it keeps guys like Mr. Bush from coasting to the finish after they've already won, you know, however many dozen races during the course of the year. Now they have to actually keep trying to win, and when the pressure's on, you always see who's able to rise to the top, and obviously Backflip. Bush. Yep, yep, Bush ain't doing it. Backflip boy is. And it's going to be between him and Jimmy for the rest of the season, however long that may be. All right, Ron, let's throw these back and forth. We're not able to constitute them onto the site in a coherent fashion, so it's time for the new rules. New rule number one. You're a city with two teams that don't make it. You don't have the right to berate the Tampa Bay Rays. Yes, new rule. Do not insult Al Davis because he will call a two-hour press conference and read your entire coaching history to the assembled news media. Oh, yes. New rule. Big drinks of scotch. Oh, yes, of course. New rule. Ah, USC fans, be thankful that you are number nine. That ranking will drop next week. Trust me, it happens all the time. New rule. Furthermore, USC fans, if you're going to go out and buy players, make sure you buy good players like Reggie Bush. You know, because of the downturn in the housing market, that house that got you Reggie Bush a few short years ago only gets you Mitch Mustaine now. And his mom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> New rules. If you've seen the performance that your former coordinators have done, for example, Tom Cable and Jim Hazlitt, that does not automatically qualify them as a good head coach. Sorry, it just doesn't. Let's see, I think I got one more in me. Yes, you do. Yes. New rule. If you're going to dominate NASCAR's regular season, you'd better show up for the chase. Otherwise, you're going to become a punchline. Your last name is already Bush. Let's uh, try a little harder not to be a pussy. <laughs> oh, and final new rule for this time. Oh, dear God. Ter Mio or Terrell Eldorado Owens Chad Javon Ochocinco and while we're at it the injured Jeremy Shockey just just follow what the US court gives most political prisoners it's called a gag order use that every once in a while come on guys you're you're making this too easy for us. All right, folks, that is the final new rules. Agree or disagree, go to the site. Argue with us about it. 
what we'll argue back and if you're Mitch Mustaine's cousin we'll probably ban you yet again all right yes Mitch haters continue to show up Mitch fans please go away thank you yes because you guys are getting sad all right it's time for the serious portion of our show time for the remembrances which we saw this past weekend with Matt Bryant and his performance that he had, which he was running on adrenaline, pretty much. And this, for his son Trice, and rest in peace, little man. I mean, seriously. That no no parent should have to see that ever, man. I I don't actually... How, how Matt Bryant did it, I have no idea. To make it through the game like that, to kick three field goals, to kick the game-winning field goal... And then afterwards, to be together enough to speak to the media and to say that, yes, I did this in memory of my son, is just an impressive, impressive feat. You know it had to kill him to, to, to even to dress out for the game, you know. But, like, you know, kickers are a weird breed, you know. I, I'm not sure if, you know, he could have performed this well even under the best of circumstances. But to go out under circumstances like this is just really, you, you know, you got to take your hat off of that guy. And is it, as people said, is it, is this the one rare time where the kicker was the toughest SOB in the NFL? Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I, there's no doubt. You, you know that no matter how his teammates might have felt about him last week, they see him as a completely different dude this week. All right, and more remembrances. This past weekend, the world lost one of the, one of just, he, he was the man. He was a man among men. And uh, we're talking about Mr. Paul Newman, old Blue Eyes himself, actually, one of the other Mr. Blue Eyes. I mean, what, what, what can you say about him that he hasn't done? He's got the hole in the wall camp. Newman Haas Racing. Millions of man movies. Uh, what, what, what could you say about the man? He was an environmentalist. He was a philanthropist. And he just loved racing, and he was racing. The fact that he won and he competed in races well into his 70s, you know, when most guys can't do it, past their 40s is just, you know, that's saying something. Plus, he was in one of the best sports movies of all time, The Immortal Slapshot. Which it brought us the Hanson brothers, and that was a hilarious moment, actually. And, you know, that's not even counting all his other great roles, like, you know, The Hustler, Cool Hand Luke, Butch Cassidy. You know, what's not to... Uh, what can't you say about this guy? He was just brilliant, you know, even right up to the end. I mean, and the hole-in-the-wall camp for disabled and underprivileged children, I mean, the, the man did not have a selfish bone in his body, and all you fuckers in Hollywood, you, you want a role model, don't look at Lindsay Lohan, don't look at Paris Hilton, don't look at Cristiano Ronaldo, don't look at any of those people. That's the man you should be looking at. His uh, his Newman's own salad dressing and popcorn and all that stuff, that raised over two hundred and fifty million dollars for charity. I mean, and to this day, uh, his wife dictates that it's all donated to charity. So, uh, I mean, 
Do like I did and go out and buy you some popcorn. Definitely. It's for a good cause. All right, Ron, we got some get well wishes. All right, Aaron Rodgers with a separated, sh they say sprained shoulder, but you might as well say separated. Despite what Mike McCarthy's going to tell you at the press conference, he he's hurt. You think the, what, what do you think his future is going to be? Well, uh, I tell you one thing, Mike McCarthy and company are regretting the fact that they don't have an experienced quarterback on their roster right now. I mean, they got rid of the one they had. He's, and he just lit up the Arizona Cardinals. You get rid of a, you get rid of a guy who has set the NFL record for most starts, most consecutive starts by a quarterback, probably by anyone, and you replace him with a guy who uh, can break his leg taking a snap. Yeah, that's that's not a good sign. But Aaron, come on, do get better. If he makes his next. If he makes his next start, though, I mean, that that's going to be one of those surreal experiences for him, actually. Yeah, but it but it but he is playing Atlanta, so I mean, really, he could throw left-handed and probably still beat him. Oh yes, more get well wishes to Anquan Bolden. That was scary, scary, scary stuff. Oh, that was a that was an awful, awful hit right there. Trent Green watched that highlight on SportsCenter and got two concussions. <laughs> and he, uh, you know, Anquan is all right. He he was able to move his extremities. I, I mean, he's got a splitting headache, apparently. I mean, who wouldn't? But the player that instituted the hit, like we said earlier, is he is suspended. He is, you know, his he's got a paycheck he's got to give away and probably rightfully so I mean it wasn't probably wasn't an intentional hit but but stuff like that leading with your head I mean it's already been documented to be dangerous we've got enough stories about it Chris Spielman uh who was the one Dennis Bird yes Dennis Bird Dennis Bird I mean that's that's not just how you hurt other people that's how you hurt yourself and then Kevin Everett took a hit like that. I mean, it's it's scary. At the very least, keep your head up so you don't break your own neck. You know, you may not care about hurting the other guy. I mean, obviously you don't because, you know, you led with your face. But, you know, at least watch out for your own neck, dude. Come on. And, and more get well wishes, which I didn't get to put this in the show notes, Ron. But that's because I only saw it yesterday, too, was get well wishes to Richard Collier. Richard is going to make it through, they are sounding like, but he is paralyzed below the waist and he lost his left leg. As of right now, though, his shooter is still at large. So anyone in the Jacksonville area listening to this even, if you know who it is, come on. Give the police something. You know, turn these guys in. There's, there's one young man whose life is pretty much over. And, you know, he got shot 14 times, and he's still alive. That's pretty boss. He is, he is even down a leg, even paralyzed. He's lucky he's not dead. Very much so, and it's, I mean, and it's ridiculous. And uh, Come on, folks, don't leave this unsolved. He, he deserves that much. And I've got one I want to add, Rich. Oh, go ahead. Get, get well wishes to everybody who played on the Monday night football game 
Oh God, that was a bloodbath. Uh, I've never seen so many guys limp, hobble, or get dragged off the field in one game before. And, and the guys who were still there and unhurt were ready to fight each other. That was some old school football. That is the antithesis of the modern no fun league. And it's like uh, you just wanted Mean Joe Green to get back out there in a uniform, Bradshaw to, to lace up the shoes again. I mean, it was that type of get Franco Harris, Lynn Swan, get out there and catch passes. That, that was one of those games. Yeah, but there's nobody cool in the Baltimore Ravens history. I mean, not since they moved the team to Indianapolis. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Johnny, this is pretty much your. Yeah, well, you could go with that, but he's a he's a cult. You know, the Ravens have no history. I mean, well, this well, is pretty much their team. Well, the Ravens had no history, but the Baltimore Colts had latched themselves to it. But you know, it, it, it's a sticky situation. Oh no, Indi Indianapolis took that history with them when they moved. Yeah. They, they they threw it right into the back of the Mayflower truck and took off with it. Oh yes, but but still, and it's one of those things. It's like the uh, that that game Monday night was just that was, that was cringeworthy because, I mean, I love those games, and we kind of thought Sunday's Titans Minnesota game was going to be that game. And they ended up having that shootout, and then Jets and Arizona had that shootout. Then you come back Monday night, and oh my God! There, like you said, there was people limping. There were crawling. A stretcher or two came out. I know at the I know at the very least uh, Pittsburgh lost two guys for the season. Oh yeah. As a, as a result of that game. And Mike Tomlin is probably going to have to reassess things during these next few weeks and. Wonder if he can keep going. Richard Mendenhall is definitely done for the season. Yes, he is. And uh, Kendall Simmons, I think, is the other guy who's done for the yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, it was Kendall and. And Willis McGay, he got hurt again. Oh yeah, those. And, and Willis took some hits. Joe Flacco took some hits. I, I, I'm surprised Flacco's upright. I mean, didn't Flacco take a spear? Yeah, Flacco got beat, beat up pretty hard there. And, and people thinking, will this damage Flacco's playing ability? No, no, look what team he's with. I mean, you got on the other side of the, one of their team captains is pretty much one of the ballsiest players ever, and that's Ray Lewis. If, yeah, if Joe, if Joe Flacco, uh, doesn't bounce back from this, Ray Lewis is probably going to have his friend shoot him. <laughs> probably. And, and also, Ray Rice is probably going to have to expect some playing time now with with Willis McGay he injured. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure we'll get a couple carries, but LeBron McLean has done a really good job filling in so far. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I will give McLean that, but like I said, if I were Ray Rice... I would bring back some magic that I had at Rutgers and go ahead and step out on the field. You, you've got to. Yeah, just pretend you're taking over for um, Brian Leonard again. Oh, yeah. And in a way, he's taking over for running back. That was kind of like Brian Leonard. 
That's true. All right. I have one admittance on the air that we're going to put into the Pantheon. And we mentioned it earlier, and it is Matt Bryant for that gutsy performance. I mean, like like we said, any parent who loses their child, you, you don't want to even get up in the morning. And for him to go out on national TV, go out and put a performance on like that, that that's that's incredible. And, and Matt, our hats off to you, and we hope you and your family are, you know, you and yours are doing all right at the moment. You know, he he went out there and he honored his son in the best way he could. Yeah, just to even go. I mean, just it, just to even get out there and be a functional person that that's probably the greatest testament he had for his son was to go out and life goes on and you know pointing at the sky after every successful kick it was a beautiful thing and, and, you, get a, and you get a feel for the guy and his family and, and even none of the Packers fans were able to be mad at him I mean you got the reaction from most Packers fans on Packers blogs and on Packers broadcasts. No one, no one on the Packer Nation knows how he was still functioning. So even their cheese hats are off to him. The Packers, you know, they've got a pretty classy fan base, even despite the mooning uh, that they are infamous for. You know, it's not like Philadelphia booing uh, Michael Irvin's broken neck and or cheering Michael Irvin's broken neck and you know throwing batteries at Santa Claus and all the the crazy stuff they're going for. Or the ice battle where they threw that ice pack during that New York game. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a good one. So yeah, yeah, Green Bay fans were definitely classy about the whole situation and and it's amazing, amazing how he's gotten by. So. Hats off to Matt Bryant. Also, hats off to Richard Collier, too, because Richard's going to have an uphill battle, but and the Players Association cannot ignore this. I mean, let's face it. Even though it was an off-the-field type incident, they can't ignore it. Not with the not with the amount of bad press they've gotten, you know, or they'd gotten before the death of... Uh, the recently departed Gene Upshaw, you know, and, and they did the right, the team did the right thing by Kevin Everett, and you can only hope that uh, the Jaguars will do the right thing by Collier. And, and honestly, I think Jack Del Rio and his and his staff want to. I, I mean, as much as we say about, as anyone can say about Jack Del Rio, Jack Del Rio has been one of the stand-up acts of the NFL. I mean, even when he was a player, even, just he seems like the guy that's probably going to go to bat for Collier once he knows all the details. Yeah, I, don't, I don't see, you know, I don't see how they could possibly cut the guy after this. And, you know, maybe not this year. Just give him the rest of the year to, to get further invested into the uh, the pension system because we all know he's going to need that money because he's going to have a mountain of medical bills. Yes, he is. I mean, there's an amputation he's going to need health care for the rest of his life so and that's a scary scary situation if if you're in his situation and uh, he's about our age isn't he just coming to think of it yeah he's a he's a really young guy yeah i mean 
myself I'm 27 Ron just turned 27 and Collier's not too far behind us if he's not slightly older so he's he's not even in his 30s and this happens to him so he's going to need health care for the rest of his life uh, looking at the notes yeah I'm trying to put him down oh yeah and, and also another one that another topic that we're going to cover that's he was uh, 26 there Rich oh yeah so he's not too far behind us in age and, and you know that's one thing that the whoever is in charge of the players association is going to have to look at I mean, if, that's, they, if they keep him on the roster through the end of the season this is his third season so after this he'll be eligible for all his uh, necessary benefits which, which is good, and somehow I think the ownership is going to keep him there because I don't think we've known Jacksonville to do anything. Let's say that your Al Davis would do, or your at, at to a point of Jerry Jones. I mean, I don't know if Jerry Jones would actually do that to a player either. So I'm thinking that's more safe for the realm of Al Davis. I don't even think Al Davis would do that to a player. I don't think he would either. Al, Al's, for all his insanity, they say he's actually pretty loyal to those who are loyal to him. Yeah, he's definitely, Al is definitely all about the Raider Nation. And he's always got his door, supposedly, he's always has his door open for uh, former players. All right. So, so Ron, what are you watching tonight then? Any Anything sports related or watching the wrestling or are you just going to watch Dancing with the Stars and See if Warren Sapp's eliminated yet. Oh, you know me. I'm all about dancing with the stars. <laughs> oh, oh who do you think I am, Kornheiser? Oh, dear God. No, you're not quite bald enough. But I do have the beard. Oh, you do have the beard. You're not quite bald enough. But, yeah. Yep. In fact, there's nothing on TV, so I think I'm just going <laughs> to putz around on YouTube. Let, let's be honest. Their ECW blows. Yeah, I uh, gave up on that months ago. Yeah, everybody did. So yes, the WWE product blows. So watching some YouTube or hey, NFL Network. You know they'll replay the games. That's a good idea, actually. Yes, it is. Yes, you might catch the bloodbath yet again. So folks, that's our pick: NFL Network or YouTube. It or hey, the NFL.com. They'll replay them too. Although the field pass, if you got 24.95 to, to spare, you can watch games in HD. Come on, it's not bad. It, it's a good experience to watch them on a nice HD TV. Yes, I got, I got to watch uh, last year's Snow Bowl, the playoff game, on the HD TV, and that was just, that was enough right there to make me drool over a new widescreen television. And on the computer, too, like on your laptop. Your laptop's HD, right? Uh, no, it is not. Yeah, well, I know mine. But my new desktop is. So. Hey, so like I said, I think it's twenty four ninety five a month, NFL HD Pass. You can watch it on your HD monitor on your computer, twenty four ninety five a month. And it shows the games in HD. Which I checked it out, checked it out, a preview that they have on NFL.com is the Super Bowl from last year. 
Oh my god, it's perfect. It's like crystal clear. So They're crystal clear than crystal meth. Well, yeah, exactly. And like I said, you could see... And they showed the catch, you know, the David Tyree catch. One hand, perfect HD. This is even amazing in crystal clarity. Yes, it is. It is. It's amazing. I mean, so that's that's the one thing that you know, if you got money to burn, you want to check out HD, but you don't have an HD TV. If your computer or your laptop is capable of HD or widescreen, check that out. And also, you can watch free games throughout. Well, not free. You're paying that twenty-four ninety-five. You can watch the games throughout the year, like whatever is live. And you can watch Sunday Night Football in HD. Now you can't beat that, can you? That is a thing of beauty. Yes, because Sunday Night Football games are definitely the thing. What else are you gonna do on Sunday night? The Simpsons hasn't been good in ten years. Well, exactly. And Matt Grunt, however the hell you say his name. Graining. Graining, yeah. He, he's riding the train until retirement, so come on, folks. Sunday night football or bust. All right, folks, that's the show. The show, if you didn't like it, complain about it, we'll probably half listen. All right, until next time, I'm Rich. He's Ron. Everybody, see you in the next cast.